Welcome to Leading Lights. Thanks for listening. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that it's your wings. It's your strength. It's your wind that lifts us up, God. It's not ourselves. And we just thank you, God, that we're in this place at this time where your wind is blowing underneath our wings, Lord, that you are lifting us, that you're taking us where we could never go on our own, Lord, that you are doing great things in our lives. And God, we want to spread our wings. We want to be part of what you're doing. Lord God, I don't want to miss this opportunity today or this season in, this, in, in the world's history, Lord. I want to be part of what you're doing. Here I am, God. Thank you, Jesus. Use us today. Work in our midst, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Would you like to have a seat? Today's a special day for us. We are having what we're calling a memorial service. There's many places in the Bible where people gave a memorial offering to the Lord. And one of them is in Genesis 28, where Jacob, who was a deceiver, he tricked his brother out of his birthright and out of the blessing of their father. And he was running away because his brother wanted to kill him. And he came to a certain place, the Bible says in Genesis 28. He didn't even know where it was. And he slept for the night. And while he was sleeping, God appeared to him with grace and mercy, blessed him and offered him an amazing future. And in the process, changed his life around. So from then on, he was no longer the supplanter or the deceiver. He, his life was changed in that moment and he woke up in the morning. He had seen a ladder going up to heaven with angels going up and down and God himself had spoken to him, said, I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you descendants. And Jacob was so overwhelmed that he built a memorial to the Lord. He poured oil over it. He worshiped God and he said, God, if you'll be with me, I will give my life to you and everything you give me, I'll give you a portion. I'll give you a tenth but I will serve you. And we're going to learn more about the the rest of the story a little bit later. But what we're doing today is we're saying, God, you brought us so far. And we believe that today is not just a day off a calendar where we just pick today, but actually God is doing something. And what I'm trusting for is today we're going to say thank you to the Lord for everything he's done in the past. We're going to pour oil over it. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to take communion together. We are going to give financially and we're going to trust God today to make a break from the past sins, but also to lead us into his future blessings. Wonderful day. So that's what today is. A very unusual service. We don't normally do this. If you're visiting with us, great to have you. It's just, you're just like Jacob. You just happened to come into a place where God was doing something today. Um, Please feel free to just watch and enjoy, but participate as much as you want to. Uh, we're going to be taking up a special offering today, but if you're not part of our church, that's fine. You, you're welcome to get involved, but there's no pressure. But I believe there is a blessing for getting involved. So we've got a few announcements, then we're going to go on with the service, and we're going to end with our worship and our special offering and communion later on today. Thank you for what you're doing, God. Thank you for you, Lord God. It's not about us. It's not about our programs, our organization, uh, our needs. It's about you, Lord God. Father, when we leave here today, we're going to say the worship was good, not because it blessed us, but because it blessed you, Lord. You're the one that has to say the worship is good. And so, God, we give you 
our worship, and every part of us today, Lord. We're a living sacrifice. We put ourselves on the altar, and we say, Lord, thank you. In view of all your mercies, in view of your goodness to us, here we are. Take our lives and use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Great. Thanks for coming, everyone. Several of us were at a wedding last night till the wee hours of the morning, so I can see some of us are tired, but praise God, you came. Amazing. So I'm going to just read a few stories throughout the Bible of memorials. Leviticus 2 verse 1, <clears throat> right in the beginning of the Bible, God is speaking to his people and he says, when anyone offers a grain offering to the Lord, and this was also called a thank offering. So this was not an offering to pay for sin. This was an offering of grain saying, God, you've been good to us. And the Israelites would often offer these thank offerings of grain to the Lord out of the blessings that God had given them, they would give back to the Lord. So he says, when anyone offers a thank offering, I wonder if you've offered a thank offering before. Sometimes we think, oh, you know, it's a bit of a duty. But actually the New Testament says we should do it cheerfully, which means every offering is a thank offering. Thank you, God. I wouldn't have any, had anything if you hadn't given it to me. I'd give it back to you. So he says, when you offer a, a thank or a grain offering to the Lord, his offering shall be a flower. He shall pour oil on it and put frankincense on it. Oil is a picture of worship and the Holy Spirit. So we, we offer with thanksgiving, but also worship and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, put frankincense on it. And incense always is a picture of prayer where we pray to God, expecting him to answer, expecting the, the throne of heaven to send an answer straight back. So whenever you offer a thank offering, may it be a fine flower, not of rubbish, but of good stuff. Pour oil on it, worship, and put incense, prayer. Then he says, verse 2, Bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests, who shall take from it a handful of the fine flour and oil with the frankincense. The priest shall burn it as a memorial on the altar, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. A memorial means something that God remembers, something that we remember. But as we said last week, it ties heaven and earth, eternity and time. It ties them together so that it's not something that's just forgotten when I die or when the people who were there die. It's remembered in heaven forever. That's what a memorial is. We're tying heaven to earth, eternity to here and now. The next one is in Numbers 10 verse 10. He says, in the day of your gladness, in your appointed feasts, at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, and they shall be a memorial for you before God. He says, as we blow the trumpets over these burnt offerings, these sacrifices that the Israelites used to offer, so they would have to, to pay for sins, offer animals as sacrifices and they would burn them. In the New Testament it says, Jesus is our sacrifice, we just offer ourselves as a living sacrifice and we are burnt offerings because we're on fire for God. But he says as you blow a trumpet, it becomes a memorial before God. As we worship today, something happens in heaven. Numbers 31. This is just after the Israelites have 
won a victory, uh, an army has been defeated, and they've taken so much plunder, gold and silver and all this stuff. And it says, And Moses and Eleazar the priest received the gold from the captains of thousands and hundreds and brought it into the tabernacle of meeting as a memorial for the children of Israel before the Lord. They gave their money, their gold and their silver as a memorial. We can take earthly things that will just perish if we put them in a bank. The Bible says moth and rust destroy. I've seen that. You know, we lived in an in a, in a economy that had hyperinflation and we saw money go from valuable to nothing in a day. And I know moth and rust can destroy anything we have. But when the Bible says when I put it as a memorial to the Lord, it's, it's there forever. It never, ever loses value. There were many times in the Old Testament where they gave offerings for the temple. And this was a memorial where they wanted to build a building to the Lord. And the generosity was extreme. Moses in Exodus uh, 25 asked for offerings from the people. And at the end of that passage, in, right at the end of Exodus 36, it says, um, The material that they had was sufficient for all the work that to be done. Indeed, too much. And so Moses issued a proclamation saying, Let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering. And the people were restrained from bringing because they just gave too much. Why is that? Because they were doing it out of a memorial to the Lord. They, they knew that this is for heaven and this is forever. Jacob, I've already mentioned him, Genesis 28. He's a supplanter, a deceiver, a, tricking, a trickery guy. He, he loves to just wheedle his way through things and he, he tricks his brother out of blessing and and birthright and all sorts of things and suddenly God appears to him in a certain place he says surely this is the house of God and I didn't realize it and he calls that place Bethel and he pours oil on his pillar of memorial that he's set up and then he goes about his life he goes on to a, a place called Paddan Aram where Laban his uncle lives and he meets this beautiful girl called Rachel and he wants to marry her and the culture of that day was kind of weird he says to rachel's father please can i marry your younger daughter rachel it says that the older daughter was not so pretty and so he didn't want to marry leah but he wanted to marry rachel so he says i want rachel anyway so the father says laban says yes you work for me for seven years and then i'll give you this beautiful girl and so he works seven years oh hard work hard work eventually at the end wedding feast but for some reason it was all dark on the wedding night and he didn't realize who he was sleeping with and he wakes up in the morning and it's the the girl with funny eyes the bible says leah and he goes what what's going on here what have you done and so the father says don't worry i'll give you the other one as well but work for me another seven years so he works another seven years and then he keeps working for him and every time laban keeps changing his wages and tricking him out of money and so Jacob, who had been the tricker, becomes the tricked, and yet God blesses him. And in that time, because of that memorial that he'd set up at Bethel, God blesses him. And he gets so much prosperity and flocks and, and herds and all these things. And then God says to him in Genesis 31, 30 years later, <clears throat> I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar, where you vowed a vow to me. You see, God doesn't forget. 30 years is nothing for the Lord. What we do today, in 30 years' time, if you're in a place living under a horrible boss with two funny wives or whatever, 
Whatever the situation is that you find yourself in, God says, I remember the, the memorial on the 5th of July. I remember that. And Jacob's sin from the past of being a supplanter and a deceiver at that memorial was cut off and his life went a new direction. But it still, his life wasn't perfect. It was still, there was all sorts of problems. And so God says, go back to Bethel, arise, get out of this land and return to the land of your, of your kindred. So in Genesis 35, it says, Then God said to Jacob, Arise, go to Bethel and dwell there and make an altar to God who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. And Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves. Change your garments. So there's an element today of us saying, God, I want to be free from this sin. I, I felt like the Lord said to me this morning, there's sins that people have battled with for years that you're going to be set free from today. And you've tried all the different ways of getting free from sin, but God says, you haven't tried a memorial yet. God's going to set you free. Um, verse 3, Then let us arise and go to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and has been with me in the way which I have gone. So he does that. He goes to Bethel, and he worships the Lord. In verse 9 it says, Then God appeared to Jacob again, when he came from Paddan Aram, and blessed him. And God said to him, Your name is Jacob. Your name shall not be called Jacob anymore, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. God also said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you, and kings shall come from your body. The land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, I give to you and to your descendants after you. I give you this land. So Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him, a pillar of stone, and he poured a drink offering upon it, and he poured oil on it, and Jacob called the name of the place where God spoke with him, Bethel, the house of God. Friends, we don't need to go to a place to have the house of God. We are the house of God, wherever we meet. If it's in this hotel, the Royal Hotel, the Radisson Hotel, or St. James, we are the house of God, but it's the heart offering that makes it the house of God. It's meeting with God and saying, God, here I am. Everything I am is yours. I put aside my past. I thank you for your blessings. And God says, I meet with you there and I remember it. Amen? Amen. Joshua. The Israelites have been wandering in the, in the wilderness for 40 years. They've come out of Egypt. Miracles have happened. God's provided for them mightily in the wilderness. They've never run out of food or water. Their shoes have never worn out. Their clothes have never worn out. God's protected them with a pillar of cloud and fire. Protected them from enemies. He's been with them. But he had something better for them. And I feel like we are like that. We've been as a church for quite a few years. And God has blessed us done miracles for us, but I believe he's saying there's a new thing. And so they were getting ready to go across the Jordan River into the promised land. They knew there was going to be some fights ahead of them, but God said, you need to take this moment as you cross into the promised land and make a memorial for me. And God said to them, as you go through the Jordan, because God opened the Jordan River for them, take 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, set them up on the other side, and they will be a memorial for you and for your children. Now, I believe if they hadn't done that, they wouldn't have had the success that they had. Right after that, they defeated Jericho, and they went in and they took the promised land. It's because they said, thank you for the past, and we're committing the future to you. Mary. And another lady, who we're not sure her name. In Luke chapter 7, verse 36, 
There's a story of a lady who's a sinful woman coming to Jesus and pouring oil on his feet and wiping his feet with her hair and, and crying on his feet. And then in John 12 and Matthew 26 and Mark 14, there's a story of Mary doing the same thing. And most Bible experts believe these are not the same event. Two separate women did the same thing. They both came into a place where Jesus was sitting, having dinner, and they cried on his feet. They took a very expensive jar of oil, which was perfumed oil, and they broke it. And it was worth all of their treasure. But it was not just their treasure. The, the lady in Luke 7 had been a sinful woman, a prostitute. What she was saying is, Lord, all of my past, all the treasure that I have now, all of my heart and my worship and my love and my thanks, I'm pouring on you now. And Jesus said, the, the, some of the disciples complained. They said, what a waste of money. She's pouring this valuable oil out for no purpose. And Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will be told as a memorial to her. Friends, when we worship from our hearts, whether it's in words or prayers or giving, when we worship with everything in us and pour out the oil, God says that's a memorial forever. And the Bible says the whole house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. You know, when one person makes a memorial, everyone around them is blessed. Your household, your family get blessed because of the memorial that you make. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Cornelius, Acts chapter 10, he's a... A Gentile, he's not a Jew, he doesn't know God, but he wants to know God. And he's been giving gifts and he's been praying to a God that he doesn't know. And an angel appears to him in Acts chapter 10 verse 4 and says, um, Cornelius, your prayers and your gifts have come up as a memorial before God. And as a result, Peter comes and preaches the gospel. All of Cornelius' household and his friends gather together and as Peter is preaching, they get saved and they get filled with the Holy Spirit and they start speaking in tongues. Why? Because a man gave gifts and made prayers to God. A memorial. Even though he wasn't a Christian, God says that's a memorial in heaven and I will honor it. Amazing. And then communion. Luke chapter 22, verse 19. Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. Remembrance means memorial. Every time we take communion, we are connecting heaven and earth. We're saying, Lord Jesus, your death on the cross is effective in my life. And so we're going to take communion. It's a bit like today, as we give our gifts, as we say our prayers, as we worship, we're also going to take communion to pour the oil and the wine and the blood of Jesus over our offerings and over our lives and say, yes, Lord, thank you. The past is gone. I don't know if you've ever felt completely clean, but the Bible says you can be clean, not because of your conscience. We have our conscience sprinkled. We tell our conscience, I am clean because of the blood of Jesus. It's not my good works. It's like the blood of the lamb painted over the doorposts of the Israelites' houses. God didn't look at the Israelites. He looked at the blood on the doorpost to decide whether he would pass over. God says you are clean because of the blood of Jesus. And as we take communion today, we say, thank you, God, that I am clean. Amen. So what I'd like us to do
is just to enter in, to begin to do this. Maybe I could ask the, the worship team to come up, please. <coughs> Friends, you should have on your chair a few pieces of paper and a pen. One of them is, a, is an envelope, a gift envelope. Please can I ask you to grab that and your pen right now. And I'm going to ask you to think of four or five significant things that you want to thank God for. And you can either write them on the envelope or you can just remember them in your mind. But I think it would be a good idea for you to write them somewhere on the, on the envelope. Just maybe even a word to remind yourself what it is you're thanking God for, for the good things that He has done for you in the past. Would you guys mind just playing something quietly in the background? Let's pray. Father, we love you. I pray that you would help us now, Lord, to remember, remember, remember all the good things that you've done for us. Lord God, your word says that you determine the very place and the time when I should be born. And Lord, that when I was born, it was so that I would cry out to you and perhaps find you. Lord, I want to thank you that I was born in the time and place where I was born, to the family that I was born to, so that I could find you. I thank you, Lord, also that your word says that you have plans written in a book for my whole life before I've even been born. I thank you, God, for loving me and planning my life from the start. And Lord, I thank you that you've been with me every step of my life. Even if I didn't acknowledge you, Lord, you were protecting me. Lord, you were watching over me. You were providing for me. You gave me people to look after me. You gave me friends and support. You gave me provision and nourishment and shelter. Lord, you've given me skills and abilities. Lord, you've given me everything that I have and everything that I am. And I say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for looking after me. Lord, your word also says that if I honor you and love you, that you work all things together for good in my life. And so, Lord, that's why I can thank you for everything, even the bad things. I thank you for them because you have taken them, you have sanctified them, and you have turned them for good to be a blessing to me and to many others in my life. You've taken those mistakes, you've taken those bad things that others did to me and that I've done, and you've turned them around, and Lord, you've turned them into something beautiful in my life. God, I want to start today by thanking you. I want to give you a thank offering, Lord. Father, you've been so good. Father, the times when I've sinned and I deserved a consequence that was bad, and you have forgiven me and protected me and freed me from those consequences. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Friends, let's just take a moment to just thank Him. Just thank Him from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you, God. Thank you for never leaving me, Lord. Never forsaking me. Thank you for loving me unconditionally from start to finish thank you God for having your mighty hand on my life thank you for organizing for me to hear the gospel and to be saved thank you for your forgiveness poured out on me again and again 
Thank you for the blessings of friends and family and relationships. Thank you for jobs and provision and shelter. Thank you for health. Thank you for protection from disaster and disease. God, you've been so good. Thank you, God. Thank you for where you have brought us to. And thank you, God, as a body of believers, where you brought us from and where you've taken us to. Thank you, God, for your blessings in our lives. You've been good. You've knit us together. People from so many nationalities, so many nations, you've brought us together. You've made us brothers and sisters in you. You've blessed us, Lord, with your word, with your presence, with your miracle power, with provision of equipment and venues, with amazing opportunities to spread your gospel. God, you've been good to us, Lord, much better than we deserve. And we say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, folks, I'm going to challenge you to write a couple of things on that envelope. You don't have to do it immediately. And then later on, we're going to take up an offering. If you are not able to give today, just write on the offering, I will give so much and try and put a date to it or whatever so that you can be part of this today. But use this opportunity to give our best gift, to give the best of our first fruits and even more to the Lord and say, Lord, it's for you and for your kingdom. We're going to worship the Lord together. And then we're going to say some more prayers. But let's, let's worship God together. Thanks for listening. For more information, go to leadinglightsnetwork.com.